Um, Brandon touched on it. Month of April is going to be Mission Month. Uh, we're going to be asking if you already uh, doing faith promise. If if continue doing it, and if the Lord leads you to increase, do the fact we don't have a pastor right now to have to set another what it's going to be. We're asking anybody that's given in for the to continue. And then once we get a pastor, we'll. It was one of the things that we were advised that since we don't have a pastor, not bring missionaries in because we would not be. The pastor needs to be the one that vets them. So we, as the deacons and the leadership, felt that it would be best just to call it mission month and get some of the missionaries that are home on furlough or some that are maybe even thinking about going to field at least. If we can get them to come in and present their work for a little bit, and then when we do get a pastor, he, he, we can give him the names. But we, we're trying to reach out to missionaries we know that are still either out trying to get support or they're home on furlough to come in and just present their work through the month of April to us. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Titus, chapter 2. As I, uh, the last, yes, it's going to be almost five months that we've been without a pastor and the Lord's, a lot of things I never knew that I was capable of doing, the Lord knew. And the wisdom I've gathered from his word over the last <laughs> trying to keep lead the church and make sure we have the word being preached and brother Howard filling in for us here but I learned some things over the course of the Lord's led me to studies about his church and why he loves the church Jesus loved the church so much, he died for it. He gave his life for this church. It's not ours. We're his bride. He loved us so much. He loved it. He loved the Hebrews so much when he brought them out of Egypt. He set up his tabernacle. And his tabernacle moved with them. Wherever he went, wherever they went, they had the pillar or they had the fire. And then when he told them to stop, the pillar or the cloud stood over the tabernacle. Today, Jesus is still here guiding the church. And as I look at things, he told the children of Israel... He wanted them to be a peculiar people. Something that would draw the world to them. Not away from them. And not, not drawing his people into the world. But that they would draw the world to the Lord. 
the sacrifices in the Old Testament were a picture of what Christ would do one day on the cross for us. He said, they, you are a pu- peculiar people chosen. We today are a peculiar chosen. So as we look in Titus chapter 2, in verse 12, down to 15, he says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no man despise thee. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, pray you just move me out of the way. Lord, help me to be do your word justice tonight. Help it an encouragement to us of what you have taught me in the last several months. In Jesus' name, amen. The key, he says, teaching us to deny it. Denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Today, from the time I grew up in churches in the 60s, the church was over here, the world was here. People knew by how you acted, how you dressed your lifestyle, that you were a Christian. You might dress just like them, but they knew by your lifestyle. Uh, I remember on Sundays, most stores weren't open on Sundays. Sunday was a day of worship. And if you didn't worship, the unbeliever knew. Today, we have stores open and it doesn't matter. COVID kind of shut that things down for a while. We had, you could go to Walmart 24-7. I don't know what the hours are. I haven't been in Walmart in a while, so <laughs> I'm not, I guess staying out of Walmart, I'm saving money. <laughs> but um, back then, people knew if you were a Christian or not. Um, They knew on Sunday when that car left the driveway if if there was robbers that day back then that really was wanting to burglarize a house all they had to do was watch a street block because I can take you I can take you to some of the streets in Tucson I can name almost they may have not went to the church I went to or but on Sunday, they went somewhere to church to worship. Today, the world can't tell you apart. It grieves my heart when the Lord's doors are open on Sunday and I see Facebook posts to people that should be in church 
not in church. They're posting pictures of what they're doing. And, pe- and the world looks at that. The most important place on Sunday should be in the house of the Lord, unless you're sick or something prevents you. He died for this church. He rose again. He said upon, he told Peter, upon this rock, meaning himself, I'm building this church. He built the church. He loves us. It says here that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. Verse 12, soberly means without intemperance, without enthusiasm, without impertinent passion, coolly, calmly, moderately, gravely, seriously. We should take coming into the house of the Lord seriously. We are coming to meet with the Lord Jesus Christ who saved us. It doesn't mean that you don't have things But out of respect for him and what he did for us, if people would get back to being that soberly, we would we may see the door we would may see the churches fill with people outside. We would be the beacon that may draw them to things that they see different. I'd look at the shooting in Tennessee this week. When we, got a, when we got a nation that can't distinguish between male and female, we can't, dis, or we want to be gender neutral. My Bible says he created man and woman. There's no other gender, but because we have allowed Satan to take our nation and our, our schools, we had a, a man who classified himself as a trans, as a woman, go in and shoot up a school, a Christian school. And I got thinking about that. We as Christians have started living like the world instead of living like peculiar people that God called us to be. He says here, righteously, Righteous, justly, in accordance with the laws of justice, equitably, as criminally righteous, condemned. The definition. I also found that we as peculiar people, we have decided God put 450 scholar, 53 scholars together to come up with an English Bible. And we got we to put our words on it. Satan in the Garden of Eden, what was the first thing he asked Eve? What did he get Eve to question? Has God said? I grew up with the King James Bible. I grew up reading and writing. I grew up with Hooked on Phonics. See Dick Run. See Jane Swing, hear spot bark. I can understand the Bible. It was wrote for a third grader to understand. 
but we have to change words. Well, this might be a better meaning. Nowhere in the Bible did God say, change my word. He says, don't change it. Don't add to it. Don't take away. As we start taking away, we see people. I know Brother Ed, back in December, gave you a deal on the, on the Bible. These are things that have degraded and, not, and started taking us from not being different than the world. We started using other Bibles. Oh, I think this is a better definition. Well, I think if he put 453 scholars together and they came up with this, and I'll tell you the other thing. I flew from Phoenix, Arizona to Baltimore, Maryland on a flight next to an Orthodox Jew who had his Hebrew Bible. And we had a Bible study from my book in the King James, Old Testament King James. He, they don't believe in the New Testament, so we stayed in the, Old, in the Old Testament. I read, he read, except for some of the little minor deals. We have chapter breaks. They don't have chapter breaks. They get up, it's... They also read, they read this way. They flip going from the back. They open this way and read going this way. I spent four hours with this Jewish couple, and I asked them questions. They were Orthodox Jews practice. I asked them, how did they prepare their meat? How they did things? And we went from, we went from, Genesis to Abraham to Moses through the, the Old Testament. I got them to he I got them to Isaiah and the plane landed. But it proved to me that God preserved his word within 453 that day. It settled in my heart that this is the Bible for me to use. When we start doing away with the Bible, we start saying, well, this is a better translation, we dilute. It leads us into the world. Another thing that I look at, when, you st when you're before that throne, guess what you're going to You're a Christian, and when you get to that heaven, guess what you're going to have? You, you're going to have a white robe, and you're going to be bowing down and worshiping the Lord. So... As a peculiar people, I see there needs to be something that sets us apart. How we act, how we dress. How we conduct our business at work. I work with some Christians and I had a big safety inspection today, and I get a call. I'm out at Black Tower, out by the West Gate. Get a call that I have a ruckus going on in my shop down at the main post. It was a, came over one guy playing religious music, the other one talk radio, and somebody else playing rock and roll, and the one guy, came in there, everybody else had their stuff down low. He came in there, 
turned his radio up, playing the Christian music, singing loud as can be, and they got in a fight in the shop. Didn't quite get to fisting, but they got into it. So when we got down there, I had to investigate what was going on. The words out of the non-saved employees I have that I pray for every day, that hypocrite, that person that thinks he's so self-righteous than me, who's lazy, and this is what they were saying to me about the individual who claims to be a Christian and inviting them to his church. This is what they were saying to me. And I looked at it and I said, am I doing that? The Lord just, it was like a dart going to my heart. Am I the same way? Are they seeing me as a lazy, double standard? I cut and, and it caused me to focus on my life. We find now with modern technology, we don't roast the preacher on the way home in the car or the Sunday school teacher or so. Did you see what so and so was wearing to church? No, we go on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Makes me think I sometimes. I, I see posts and I just go past them. The main reason I got Facebook was for my grandkids moving up to S Seattle. But I also got it to look up soldiers that I served with in the military. When I wasn't living for the Lord, I want them to, I want to witness to them and, and know for sure that I tell them about Jesus Christ dying for their sins and raising again third day, that they can be in heaven with me. Because that was one of the main reasons I got Facebook was try to reconnect with some of my old soldiers to witness to them and tell them I was wrong for not telling them the truth and not living as a Christian should be. We get mad, we post stuff. That's why I said, and Facebook can be the death of a church. It can divide a church. Oh, we had an outing and all the church ladies got together. But when you look at it, it's only a select few that can, that can cause hurt feelings. Um, or the men. We got together, we had a fishing trip, all the men of the church, or we did this, we went to a game. We can hurt the church just as good as we can help the church with Facebook or Twitter media. As I got into the study and what the peculiar people were and why he redeemed us, he says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify in himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He, he wants more, no more than us to be focused, zealous for him. As we go to 1 Peter, and I know Brother Tyler gave deal, but in First Peter chapter two, 
you he he says something more about us. He says, but ye in verse nine, chapter two of First Peter, he says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which hath not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your that, that evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. He went on, peculiar people, a royal priesthood. We have direct access. In the Old Testament, a high priest had to go in and present the sacrifice for the people that day. We have access to the Father. We have direct access. As we look at conversation, conversation just isn't talking. It's a general course of manners, behavior, deportment, especially as respect to morales. Let your conversation become as to gospel. Be ye holy in all mannerism, First Peter. Best dictionary I found in the world was at Webster, 1824. You want to you understand King James Bible and understand what God's talking about and look up these words? Conversation, not just what I say. Today, people are wanting to see how true you are to the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to know, are you real? Is it real or is it just something going through the motions? I come to church, check this block. When I'm outside over here in the world, I live just like them, no different. But when I get to church, I put on my nice dress clothes and come to church, say all the amen when the preacher's speaking, and then I put a little bit in the offering plate so people know I'm giving, make, it, make sure like the Pharisees did, the widow, she just put her two mites in. They made sure everybody seen them giving what they're, and they probably were robbing God, but they wanted a show that they were dropping in their tithes and their alms. Last week, and I talk a lot about me because I'm more what I've went through in my life. But last week, you don't know how you affect people by your lifestyle, your conversation. I got to work and my phone was blowing up. First, the guy was, I missed a phone call. Then I got a message from him. It's a guy that, he's in, he works for a company out there. I support him take care of maintenance on his generators. But he was wanting me to pray for a high school student that got in an accident on a motorcycle in Patagonia where his daughter goes to school and wanted me to pray for his daughter because she was all shook up and asked me to pray for the young man. 
And it humbled me when I picked that, when I read that text and I called him back. And that's where part of this came in. He knows I go to church, but working side by side, he knew there was something different about me than somebody else there. That he felt confident enough to text. Do people, are people confident, are your friends confident enough to get a hold of you when a crisis is befalling them? That's what being peculiar, conversation. Are you keeping, are you hanging out with the wrong crowds? Are you blending in with the wrong crowd until Sunday morning? Are you in the gossip pools with them? Sharing stories you shouldn't be sharing with people. David in Psalms 19.14, one of my life verses, and I'm learning it over and over again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He says, let my mouth, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart. Also, the Apostle Paul in Acts 24, 16 said, And in here, and in here do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. Jesus set us apart so the world would be drawn to us as a light. He set us to be peculiar, to be strange looking maybe. I don't know. I act strange. They all tell me I'm, I'm still a kid at heart, so... Maybe that's why kids like me. But his, his, his word hasn't changed from the Old Testament when he told the children of Israel and set down for them to be a peculiar people set apart. To us as Christians and to the church, we're to be set apart to do good works for him. Peculiar. There's got to be something when they look at you. I want what they had. I talk about my dad being the son of a missionary, and I watched him many times go to people's houses and knock on the doors, knock on the doors. And he would, every time we went to that community, he would make sure on his, stop of, on his stops of visit that week he was in that community, there were certain people he would stop because he knew they were lost. And he would stop faithfully by their doors, talk to them, Get him to go. Well, when the Lord took my mom home in a car accident in October of 1977 when I was a 17-year-old kid, several of them people looked at my dad, and they were waiting for him to quit. They were waiting to see if that peculiar preacher on Sunday morning got up in a suit and tie and preach, but would be out there uh, branding cattle with them, roping cattle, riding, rounding up cattle, was the same person 
when God took something away from him. What they found and what I found was my dad was a faithful, peculiar. Three of them people got saved because my dad stood apart, was peculiar. He didn't talk like them. He didn't act like them. He rode the horses with them. He rode out there in the roundup and and packed in some of this back country now that probably this church was on. This church is on. Might have been a ranch we visited many times years ago in the 60s. But he taught me some life lessons that in my old age, now, I can, I see he was faithful to the end. When cancer claimed him, he still was faithful, still the peculiar man, still pointing, still witnessing to people to lead them to the Lord. We've got away from being the peculiar people. We want to we want to bring the world into the church instead of keep the world out of the church. We want to be in the world. We don't want our friends to make fun of us. But we need we need to remember who paid for our life. The precious blood that was spilt. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the first part says, But the wages of sin is death. Well, when I look at a balance, God's word against my life, I found I was wanting in the balance. There's a reason I need to be a particular person. Because I had a debt I could not pay. Every one of us had a debt in here that's a Christian tonight that we could not pay. The only way that debt was paid was by the Lord Jesus Christ Christ on the cross for us. By him dying on the cross, he paved the way for us. And if if he wants me to be peculiar, I'm going to be peculiar. I'm tired of fitting in with the crowds. I'm tired of wearing the camouflage. I want somebody to know that's a Christian over there. That's somebody that's different. And this week, I had some rude awakening. I had some lessons that the Lord used to get me right. I will close with this. We're going to go to Galatians 2.20. One of my favorite verses. It says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. My life does not belong to him anymore. It does not belong to me. It belongs to him. He paid the price for me. I am bought with a price. If it means I'm to be peculiar, then I'm going to do what it takes to please the Lord Jesus Christ in 
whatever years left I have. I'm turning 63 in May, and I used to think I could still go strong, but he's humbled me in the last year. He's gave me physical ailments I didn't think I'd ever have. I love to hike. I love to explore outdoors. And one of the things he took from me is my legs in the last year, my knees. He had to humble me in some areas, and he keeps humbling me to make me that peculiar person that I need to be. He wants you to stand out. We don't need to go on and debate the Word of God. We do not need to be on social media in debates about the Word of God. We need to be on social media saying, Jesus Christ is coming again. And without accepting him as your personal savior, you're going to spend eternity in hell. It shouldn't be debating, well, I need this. This is what I think, or this is, it shouldn't be that. It's Christ and Christ alone is who we are to serve, who we are to exemplify. That peculiar person he's talking about, when they look at us, they see Christ. We, know, we talk about the Brians in Acts. They got the term Christian, but it was a slang. They were mocking them because they were Christ-like. When they looked at them Bereans, they looked at somebody that was Christ-like. Can, can a person look at your life tonight and see if you're Christ-like? Can they look at you and see that you love Jesus with all your heart? He... He asked that rich young ruler, what are the two greatest commandments? Remember, he asked him to keep the commandments. He said, I've kept them from my life. He told him, and they asked him, what are the two greatest? He said, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. The second is thy neighbor. Paraphrasing. The neighbor. If you love the Lord Jesus, you'll take care of your neighbor. You'll witness to your neighbor. There won't be no backbiting in the church. There won't be. If we, take, if we love the Lord the way we say we love the Lord, there won't be no backbiting. There won't be no dissension because we won't give Satan the foothold to get in. But if we don't all come in accord that Jesus is number one in our life and we are a peculiar person that when they look at us, that's, that man loves the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell by the way he walks, he acts, he talks, how he helps people. We need to get back to being a peculiar people. Ones that are on our knees. Ones that when we go out with the group, we, we sit down, when they dig into their food, we take time to pray and thank the Lord for what he gave us. They want to go someplace, and it's not where a Christian should be. We need to say, no, I can't go there. We need to be that peculiar person. As he says, as I close, he says here, read, 
the part of it. He says here, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. That's the Christian we need to be. That's who we need to be. Jesus paid for us. He paid for this church with his blood. He needs us as Christians to pay with our lives dedicated to him, witnessing and seeing the world, sending out missionaries, sending out. And some of us can't go anymore door knocking, but we can pray for them people that go out on Saturday mornings. We can pray for the ones. We can pray by for the missionaries that we support. And all of us know there's other missionaries we're friends with that we don't support, but we can pray for them. They're our voice where we cannot go. They're our... There are shoes going out there to preach the gospel. But until we get to become this peculiar people, it's not going to happen. As we continue to want to dwell in the world and debate God's word on and what Bible to use, as for me and my house, I will stand on the word of God. The King James. I believe it's God's Bible. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will be peculiar to witness to my neighbors. And I got some neighbors that they get under my skin, pray for me. I came home one day and I heard bleating in the backyard. I got goats living next door to me now. And chickens. But they need the Lord just the same as I need the Lord every day. They need the Lord to save them. So I challenge you, be the peculiar. Daniel and them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they took a stand. They stood to be peculiar. Three of them ended up in a fiery furnace, Daniel in the lion's den. If God can take care of them, he can take care of you for being peculiar and taking a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ as we close. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray this message spoke to my heart. Lord, I pray that I presented it the way you wanted it. Lord, just be as we go in this time of prayer, Lord. Just, I just pray for the church, Lord, that we will grow in unity and in oneness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Any prayer cards?